Today, we are going to explore how using sensory details can transform student writing from ordinary to extraordinary, and the end result will be bringing words, sentences, and paragraphs to life. We are going to call this sensory storytelling. Now, this is our last episode in this five-part sentence expansion series, and if you are just turning in for the first time today, let me recap what you have missed. Part one is episode 153, and it was about adding adjectives and adverbs to expand sentences. Part two, episode 154, was using the five W's and H strategy in order to bring more details to student sentences. Part three, episode 155, was about combining sentences, making them more complex and compound using conjunctions. Part four, last week, was episode 156, which was enhancing sentences with prepositions. And today, we are going to dive into sensory storytelling, which is all about bringing writing to life by simply using sensory details. If you are ready to learn more about using this strategy to enhance student writing, I will meet you inside. Welcome to the Literacy Dive podcast, a podcast for educators who want to take a deeper dive into all things reading and writing instruction. I'm your host, Megan, a true lover of all things literacy. Join me each week as we dive into teaching tips, engaging ideas, and actionable step-by-step strategies and examples to help you close the gap and lead confidently with best practices. I'm all about keeping things simple and digestible so that you can implement what you learn here as soon as tomorrow. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Literacy Dive podcast. I am so grateful that you are here. Thank you for joining and for tuning in today. If you are a regular listener or you have recently discovered the podcast and you've heard a handful of episodes or more, I would love it if you could leave a rating and a review because that is how podcast streams and that's how podcast platforms end up pushing out episodes and certain podcasts. And I definitely want to make sure that any educator, no matter if they're teacher or a support specialist or an admin or a homeschool mom, no matter who it is, if they are looking for ways to be able to take literacy components and make it tangible and actionable for kids, I want them to be able to land on this podcast. So I would love it if you could just leave a rating, leave a review. Please just briefly share your experience with this podcast, and I would just be so over the moon grateful. So thank you so much for supporting this show. If you are new here, I have several episodes for you. They are titled and mapped out accordingly, so please just take a moment actually starting with this series because you're here today. Well, there's four more strategies ahead of this one that I'm going to share, so start there. Just go ahead and get caught up on this whole entire series, and then you can explore some other topics. At any rate, welcome in. And this episode today, we are going to be focusing on sensory details, and those are just those descriptive elements that speak to our senses and that will allow a painted, vivid picture to appear in the reader's mind. 
And when you're using these details to enhance and expand these simple sentences and improve this experience for the reader, that is going to turn into true storytelling. If there's one thing about me, it is that I love, love, love descriptive writing. And a lot of it stems from me having ADHD. If it's not descriptive, I am disengaged, I'm bored, I'm uninterested, I'm checked out, and I'm honestly thinking about my grocery list, my laundry that I have to wash and fold, and what seasonal coffees are at my local coffee shop. I'm done. You've lost me. But if it's captivating, if it's descriptive, if it holds my attention because I can begin seeing it and creating this mental picture, this mental image or movie, it becomes fascinating to me. It hooks me. I am drawn in and I just want to keep hearing more and more about it. So that is where I come from when I just say that I have a passion for descriptive writing. It's because I am speaking to someone like myself. Sensory details and descriptions matter. Here's what strong writing is going to do. Strong writing is going to engage the reader, but not just intellectually. It's going to engage that reader emotionally and sensorially as well. And that is because sensory details are the tool that we use to create this immersive experience for the reader, allowing them to see, hear, touch, taste, and smell the world that we are describing. This should be the target and goal of every writer, young or old. Now, sensory details refer to words and phrases that describe how something looks, how something sounds, feels, tastes, or smells. These details are crucial for helping readers fully understand themselves in the scene or in that narrative. And that is because these details are what turns the abstract into tangible, making writing more memorable and more impactful. Many of your students know the five senses, but I never want to assume that a student knows something. So what I want you to do is to assume that they do not have context behind that, that they have not mastered that skill. And that is going to be the first thing you are going to do. You will want to teach and review what the five senses are. In short, the five senses of the body are sight, sound, smell, taste, and touch. So immediately, you want to make that connection of the five senses being related to our bodies. The five senses of humans are perceived through the use of sensory organs. So again, our organs that are inside of us. Now, these sensory organs are going to include eyes for sight, ears for sounds and for hearing, noses for smelling. When it comes to taste, we're actually going to be using our tongues and our noses. Both of those play an important part of our sensory organs for allowing us to taste. And then we have our skin for touching. This is where we can make that connection with the sensory details and really thinking about our bodies and how important it is for us to stimulate our audience, our readers. So our details, our details are vital because these are going to be what is going to help our audience to make the connection and to be able to form these pictures. These details are going to involve the sensory organs, and that is our big takeaway. Plain and simple, I like to explain the why in this form and fashion to kids 
because now they can understand all of the connected pieces to why it's so important to create this experience for a reader. You might even want to invite students to explore this concept by using a physical object that you might want to bring in or by showing an image of something that they will know a lot about. Let's say something like popcorn. Now, when you start drawing on the sensory details, you're going to start one sense at a time. And so for your sense of sight, they might call out that the popcorn could be whitish, especially if it's like cheddar cheese, like that white cheddar cheese. It could be golden. It could be yellowish. It kind of looks like a cloud. It's kind of puffy. It could be kind of shiny, right? The smell, it could smell buttery. It could smell like sweet candy, especially if it's like kettle corn or caramel. It could also smell like a corn maze. So making that connection of just that corn before it's even popped. It could smell salty. It could also smell peanut buttery, depending on what they put into it. When you think about hearing, well, when we think about popcorn, I can hear it popping. So popping noises. Maybe it is rattling in the bag when I'm shaking the salt and shaking the different seasonings inside of it. Maybe it is crunching as I'm putting it in my mouth and actually chewing down and chomping on it. The taste. Again, right here, it could be salty, it could be buttery, it could be crunchy, it could be rough, dissolving in my mouth. All of these words to talk about the taste. It could be hot, depending on if it just came out of the microwave or if they're popping it fresh. And then how does it feel? Well, it could feel kind of greasy. It could feel soft. It could feel kind of foamy. So you're going to invite your students to look at this image or to actually look at and feel a piece of popcorn. So, I mean, really pop a bag of popcorn and pass it out. Allow them to actually look, smell, hear, maybe taste it, feel it, and they can generate some of these words. Ever wonder why students can't seem to retain those key vocabulary words? Is it a struggle to make vocabulary stick in your students' minds long after the quiz is over? Do you feel like you have run out of creative ways to teach new words? Well, I hear you, and the answer is here. A resource that weaves vocabulary development seamlessly into writing exercises. You can seriously watch your students' word knowledge and writing competence grow together effortlessly and enjoyably. It's truly the dual power approach that you've been waiting for. Enriching vocabulary while polishing writing skills. And now my vocabulary writing prompts are offered by grade level. I know it might sound too good to be true, but if you're curious to experience the transformation firsthand, I want you to grab a free sample compiled just for you. Ideal for second to sixth grade educators, you can now try a tailored vocabulary writing prompt for each grade level. Witness the spark of interest and the growth in your students' writing abilities yourself. You can find this download in the show notes, but you could also head to theliteracydive.com slash vocabulary and download your free sample today. Step into a new world where vocabulary learning is engaging, effective, and exciting. Do not miss out on this opportunity to revolutionize the way that you teach vocabulary. So for your steps to get this going, to help your students become more aware of adding sensory details in their writing, you can guide them through these following steps 
And this is actually just so much fun. Like I've always enjoyed being able to work on this really tricky skill of sensory details because I just know that the trade-off is going to be so great. What my students are going to be able to learn from this and then apply in the future, it's just unmatched. But you can just have so much fun with this. So step one is going to be to introduce the five senses and to provide examples of descriptive words for each of those senses. So again, this is a sharing podcast. Anything I share here, I am actually wanting you to take back and just use it in your classroom. Work smarter, not harder. Do not feel like you have to come up with something on your own unless you want to, because that's great practice. But for the purpose of this, getting it up and running, you can take that very phrase that I did for introducing the five senses, and you can take that popcorn example and use that as your introduction. So the first step, you're just going to introduce those five senses and provide some examples, descriptive words that can be able to relate to each one. Step two is going to be to have your students practice identifying some sensory details, whether it's in a text that you're reading, like in your read aloud or a text that you brought in just for the purpose of this activity, or if it's by way of another descriptive image, whatever it is that your students are ready for, you're going to then want to practice identifying the sensory details within that text or picture. So step three is going to be to encourage your students to add sensory details about the object, focusing on one sense at a time. So kind of how you modeled with the popcorn and we started with our sense of sight and then we moved through the different senses, that is what your students are going to do. So they're going to focus on one sense at a time, moving through those five, and they will write this down. You can use a table. You can use a chart, you can have them do a web, whatever it is in whatever way they want to brainstorm and jot down the sensory details and show their knowledge is completely open to them. Step four is going to be to challenge your students to combine sensory details from multiple senses to create a rich description, a more complex description. For this, I would only actually like you to start with the goal of including two different senses, but then you can absolutely challenge your students to include as many as they can, as many of those senses that they can fit into that sentence without hurting the flow and the true meaning of that sentence. You know, we don't want to overly stuff it with all of these sensory details to the point that it just doesn't sound right. But you can definitely have them try to encourage them to add three different senses or four. But the goal to begin is going to start with two, combining two sensory details from their list to make a more cohesive and descriptive sentence. And then step five is going to be to share and discuss these descriptions, reinforcing the use of sensory language and its effect on the reader. Now here, sharing is so important. I love share time because that is when students can have an opportunity to share something that they worked really hard on or to share something that they could take from the lesson and apply to their own physical examples. But also, there are going to be so many benefits for sharing. And one of those benefits is that your students are going to bring a wide range of language and figurative language and 
all of these different types of, you know, adjectives and just different types of details. And so if they have an opportunity for every student to hear it, then every student gets to grow in language and gets to grow in description and can think about those words and see how they can apply them in the future. So it truly is an incredible way to allow all of the kids to be able to celebrate, but also to hear some really, really cool connections that your students will come up with. So quickly going back through it, you're going to introduce the five senses and you're going to provide some very, very simple descriptions for each word. Then you're going to have students practice identifying sensory details in a text or an image, and you're going to encourage them to add those details one sense at a time, however they want to showcase it. Table, chart, web, whatever it is, let them do it. Step four is going to be to challenge them to pull at minimum, two of those sensory details, and then see how they can combine them to make a really more detailed sentence. And then on the fifth step, you're going to share and discuss and think about how it is more descriptive with those details than not including them. So let's move into some examples that, again, you can take these, you can use these as your mini lesson, take them, use them, And watch all the light bulbs just start to ping in your students' minds. It's going to be so much fun to watch. So for this first example, I'm going to go back to the popcorn. And let's just think about a sentence that a student would probably share or a sentence that they probably would write. It would probably be super simple, like, the popcorn tasted good. So when we think about how the popcorn looks and how the popcorn feels and smells and how it sounds, when we think about all of those senses, then they're going to be able to think about, okay, wait a minute. I can show that that popcorn tastes good. I need to describe that taste because that is going to be the sensory organ that I want my audience to kind of like become connected to. So that sentence, the popcorn tasted good, is going to become The popcorn was salty and buttery, and each bite made a loud crunch that filled my mouth with flavor. And so when you can look at those two sentences and have that discussion piece, your students are going to instantly be shooting their hands up and and wanting to share and talk about how the second option sounds and feels so much better than that first option. Another one kind of sticking with the food is going to be the soup was tasty. That is a sentence that one of my students would definitely have written in the past. So the soup was tasty. Now that can be described as the soup warmed my whole mouth with its chicken and vegetable flavors and it smelled like herbs and onions. So right there, I could already see that they thought about how it felt that if I was going to touch it, it was warm. And so that's what I feel in my mouth. And then I could also see and I can imagine the flavors. And I also can imagine the smell of it smelling just like spices and herbs and the onion. So that is how a lot of detail can be added to that sentence. So again, if you showcase both of those sentences and ask which one we should put into our story, your students are most likely going to automatically Be in 100% agreement that that second option is the one that you should include in that story. Now, this next example is actually one that came from a student, and in one of their pieces of writing, they wrote, the turtle was slow. Now, that is a very common sentence. That sentence probably sounds like, 
you know, a sentence that your student has written, you could probably say, oh, yep, that's an alignment. My students have probably written something very similar. But if I asked my students to think about, well, tell me, like describe it being slow, they're automatically going to have to use that sensory organ of sight. They are going to have to describe what it looks like for them to make that claim that that turtle was indeed slow. So the turtle was slow could expand to the turtle inched along so slowly you could hardly tell it was moving, its legs pushing against the ground gently as it crawled along. If you closed your eyes, you could probably envision how that turtle was walking. You could probably tell how slow it was moving. You could see those legs pushing slowly against the ground. I've seen that before as it's crawling along. But something that I would challenge the student to do would be, okay, well, could you tell me anything about the turtle, how it looks, right? Because that's also going to be the sense of sight. So they could even give a little bit more description when they do a revision to describe what that turtle looks like. And that is going to give me a very clear picture of what it is that I am supposed to be seeing as if I were there with that student. Another example could be, the room was loud. That is going to be a simple sentence that I know hundreds of students would automatically say if a room was indeed loud, they would write, the room was loud. So we could easily turn that into, okay, which organ do we need to really make a connection with so that our audience can really understand how loud it was? And so your students are probably going to say the sensory organ of our ears, hearing. And you truly want to pose these questions to your students. You want them to be able to identify which organ is going to need to be stimulated, which organ they're going to have to make sure that they're providing details because that is what that reader is going to need in order to make the most sense out of what's going on and to be able to see it. So by posing those questions, it's going to allow your students to really have to think and have to make that application connection, and that is going to be a high-level skill for them, but it's going to be exactly what they need to make sure that they're including the right types of components and details and description. So when you're asking them that, they're going to probably come up with the loud being linked to hearing, to my ears, and so you're then going to ask them to describe what that sound was like. So the room was loud, could then turn into, the room was filled with so many sounds. Kids laughing, feet stomping, and the ping of a bell somewhere making my ears tingle. And so right then, that reader is able to solely focus on on their ears, on that hearing component, and they can now envision what it's like hearing all of these noises going on at one time and that room truly being loud. I want to offer one more example for you. So the fifth example is going to be the flower garden was beautiful. Now, if I showed a photo and it was just lots of flowers, beautiful colors, that is a sentence that students would probably generate. The flower garden was beautiful. But if I wanted to, you know, really ask, okay, well, how do you know it's beautiful? What made you say that it was beautiful? Well, they're probably going to focus in on the sight of what they saw, and they might also, because it's a flower, focus on the smells of what they, what, what, they, what they could smell when they were there. And so once they are generating all of these different words and descriptions and they choose a couple of them, 
the flower garden was beautiful can be described as the flower garden was like a rainbow full of reds, yellows, purples, blues, and it smelled sweet and fresh like springtime after it rains. If that sentence was in a story, that is like a storytelling line. While I'm reading that, you could close your eyes, you could paint a picture of it, you could draw a picture of it, you could see it, and that is the goal that we want to get to. I know the two words, descriptive writing, when it is thrown out, it probably loses a lot of meaning because it's just said all the time, but this is truly at the heart of descriptive writing, is when you can really, really think about the sensory details that are going to connect with those sensory organs of actual people. And so when we think about including these details, this is going to be what allows us to become storytellers. And storytellers are what you want your students to transform into. So I hope that you are just like really excited to try this strategy and just get this up and running in your classroom. Again, borrowing whatever examples and introductions that you heard here today, because once you do this with your students, you are going to be blown away at what one simple sentence can turn into. And the most powerful experience that I've had is when we can generate one simple sentence as a class, and then I encourage them, even if we do the descriptors together, if they get the ownership of choosing two or three different examples and putting them together, I still would generally have 25 to 30 different combinations of words being placed together, which means that I had 25 to 30 different descriptive sentences. And when the kids can be able to see that there are all of these different ways to say essentially the same thing, that is where sentence structures and sentence variety can make its way into your classroom right there. It is proven and your students can just sit there in awe at, wow, we can really grow this simple sentence. So I hope that you're feeling inspired. And if you know someone who could really, really, really use some of these strategies because maybe they have been, you know, complaining about a child or a group of students that just aren't writing descriptively. This is going to be the episode that they probably need to hear to give them the confidence to just tackle this one more time, but also to give them the tools that they then can give to their students, which will transform that simple writing. So in this episode, we were just able to explore how sensory details can improve student writing and how it really can help the readers connect more deeply with the text. These details are going to be literal brushstrokes that create that vivid imagery in the stories that your students are telling. Incorporating sensory details into writing may seem challenging at first, but with practice, your students will begin to do it naturally. Encourage them to be observant and to be mindful of their senses and their everyday experiences and bring that awareness into their writing. Thank you so much for listening to the Literacy Dive podcast today. I hope this episode has just made you want to go run and think about what is the first sentence I'm going to do with my students and watch them produce these sensory details and the storytelling. Once again, we are at the end of this series, five parts. I have just thoroughly enjoyed it. I love nerding out on this stuff. So 
If you've missed any of the previous strategies, I actually would urge you to go back and to listen. Your students are going to appreciate you for just taking that time to invest in learning a couple of strategies and teaching it to them so that they can be able to take that and thrive. So I want to recap one more time that episode 153 is all about adding adjectives and adverbs. Episode 154 is about focusing on those five W's and the H, who, what, when, where, why, and how. Episode 155 is about combining sentences using conjunctions. And episode 156 is all about using prepositions to enhance sentences and just giving it a little bit more detail with location, time, and place. All right, until next time, keep diving into literacy. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Be sure to click that follow button so you never miss a new episode. And if you are enjoying what you hear, please consider sharing this podcast with a friend. Until the next episode, we can hang out over on Instagram at The Literacy Dive, and you can search The Daily Writing Disguise in your web browser to dive into a stockpile of creative writing activity collections created by me with student engagement in mind. For literacy resources and support, you can search The Literacy Dive on TPT. I'll catch you in the next episode.